Hello, I am Mr. Timothy Sandland with the 102nd Intelligence Wing Public Affairs Office. Joining me today is our Wing Chaplain, Lieutenant Colonel David Barami, who is retiring after a 21-year career in the Air National Guard. Thank you for joining me today, sir. Uh, thanks. Great to be here. So I just want to ask you a, a few questions. Um, so was there a particular person or event that inspired you to join the Air National Guard as a chaplain? You know, I... I have, for a long time, had this sense that uh, part of my mission in life was to be a chaplain to warriors. And um, I think the inspiration probably, oddly enough, was Father Mulcahy on MASH. Uh, when I thought about a military chaplain, uh, that's kind of my role model. Sure, sure. That's um, great. Just the, you know, human uh, and... Um, Military, so sure. with the people, with the people, part of the group, mm -hmm. not not separate. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I always enjoyed that uh, Chaplain Mulcahy, that character. He was a great character. Uh, did you have any plans to uh, from the beginning to stay and make it a career? That was actually my plan coming in. I, you know, it was not a. Uh, I didn't come in until I was thirty-seven years old, oh. so it wasn't a. Uh, it wasn't an early decision for me. It was a later decision. And at that point, uh, it was a commitment to stay for 20. Sure, sure. Um, you've also had a career as a police officer. What can you tell me about that? Um, that was also a late decision. I'm kind of a late bloomer on these <laughs> things. I didn't, uh, sure. uh, didn't ever start early. But I was, uh, we moved to Martha's Vineyard, uh, Ellen, my wife and I, in 1997. And I was doing some work as an independent church consultant and uh, working from my home and um, was uh, happened to bump into uh, the police chief in Oak Bluffs, who was uh, General uh, Joe Carter, uh, who was at the time commander of Camp Edwards. Sure. And um, uh, I met him going home from drill one weekend, and I said, yeah, I introduced myself and said, I know you're the chief of police in Oak Bluffs. Um, could you use a chaplain at the police department? And I became the chaplain. And uh, over time, I got hired to work uh, summers because my consulting work slowed down in the summer. And uh, that became a good fit for me, um, working as, a, as the chaplain for the department and the police officer, because, again, it's another group of, of warrior-type people. And uh, and I found that it was a good fit for me uh, in that role because it is really a, a shepherding role to either guide and direct people or um, uh, defend uh, other folks. And uh, and then uh, uh, I had a 15-year career of doing well, actually 17 years wow. of doing that. So, well, that's great. And I saw you uh, a motorcycle police officer? I was, yeah. I yeah. worked on the motorcycle patrol. That's great. Yeah, it was great to get paid to ride a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, getting back to the military side of your career, um, um, I, going through your bio, I saw that you had spent some time at Dover Air Force Base. Uh, what can you tell me about that experience? That was the, um, that was the most wonderful ministry work I wish I never had to do. Yeah. Um, I was in Dover from 
uh, at the mortuary from September of 2009 till January of 2010. And uh, my primary work on the chaplain corps team was to work with the families. That was when the administration had just allowed uh, media to mm. come to be there when families received their loved ones back. And uh, so my team and I would uh, prepare the families to go out to the flight line um, when their loved ones came back to American soil for the first time. Uh, and then we were also in the mortuary uh, during the, uh, uh, all of the work during the day and worked with the mortuary workers uh, to keep track of them. So um, it was a difficult four months, but really incredibly meaningful work. Sure. Um, it was one of those jobs where there was never a day where you went home at the end of the day and, and uh, asked whether what you did had any impact on anyone. Uh, yeah, rewarding but heartbreaking, I'm sure, at the same yes. time. Yes, yeah. And in the midst of that, just some amazing, incredible things. Um, it was uh, changed my life, yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, so speaking of changes, what, what kind of changes have you seen within the unit here? in the last two decades? You know, it's been amazing to watch um, the people come and go, the, the mission evolve. Uh, I was here through the whole transition from, uh, from Jets to Intel. Um, and, uh, and through that whole transition of when the Jets left and when the new mission materialized and when we wondered what was our purpose going to be and were we going to have one? Was, right. you know, was, the, um, was the Air Force still going to need us? And um, what was amazing to me through that whole time is the thing that didn't change, was that the spirit of the people in the 102nd has never changed, even though the people have changed. The spirit has been right. the same, that um, there is this intensity of focus that... It's hard to describe, but it's one of those things you know it when you see it and sure. when you experience it. When you're part of this unit, there is this drive to take on the mission, whatever it is, and do it not only to our best, but the best that anyone could do. And, and it has been a real privilege to me to be part of that and to watch that. Um, you know, whether it was the Jets or the Intel or the time in between, that there was always this um, focus on excellence. And that's been, uh, that's been a joy to be a part of. The hallmark of this wing. It really is. Yeah. It really is. That's great. So if you had to choose a moment or a situation that was your fondest memory during your service, what, what would you say it would be? You know, I think I remember the day, I happened to be here on the day, well, I'm going to pick two. I'm going to sure. take the liberty of to course. pick two. But I was here the day that the, um, the BRAC announcement came out. And in that initial announcement, the announcement was that we were closed. And there was this, I was over in building 158, which was the headquarters building at the time, and there was this dead silence in the building for a while. Um, but then that, that spirit emerged of um, 
just that determination of, okay, well, what do we need to do now? We need to figure out how we're going to take care of each other. How are we going to uh, mount a defense? You know, there's just these multiple options of, okay, well, we, we're not just going to let that stand, um, but if we have to let that stand, then how are we going to take care of each other? Um, because we're not just going to sit here. We're going to find a way forward. Uh, that's one. Uh, and the other is uh, after 9-11. And to watch the unit transition from before 9-11 to during 9-11 and, and every day since, just that um, uh, the pulling together to handle that new reality uh, without ever a question uh, of panic, just that smooth transition of this is just another challenge that we've either got to uh, get over through or around, but we're going to deal with it. Uh, I think that those are two that stand out for me of that just practical application of that spirit of um, forward movement and resilience. Definitely resilience. Okay, for someone who only knows you as chaplain, what about you would surprise them? Hmm. You know, I, I really have thought about that, and um, uh, I try to be fairly transparent, so I think for most of the people in the wing, I, I don't know that there is a particular thing that would surprise them. I often tell people that uh, one of the things folks may not know is that uh, my first job in life, I was a florist oh. um, that a lot of people don't know. Um, and uh, on a more serious note, I think that some folks in the wing know, but a lot don't, that um, for, for the past uh, little while, uh, I've been facing the, the challenges of living with PTSD. And uh, about a year ago, I had a fairly major incident with that, and I've been learning what it means to uh, manage my life in the wake of that. And I know that's true for, for other folks, not only in the wing, but in the military in general. And um, uh, I don't know if that would surprise folks, um, but I do uh, hope that would encourage folks, because I oh, think absolutely. that, you know, those of us like me in the wing and other folks in the resilience team and, and in leadership, we always encourage people if that's if that's an issue for you or you think it is, um, ask for help and you'll get help. Uh, you know, I just want to say that um, that's all true. Now that I'm on the other side of that, I'm not just a proponent, but I'm a client. Sure. Um, uh, it is true, you know, that I found a great deal of support in leadership here uh, and the team that I've been a part of uh, on this base was a phenomenal support to me and uh, I happened to work with the home base uh, group up in Boston and um, they are a phenomenal support and help and uh, so you know I guess that's just my little promo for um, folks may not know that about me but uh, uh, you know, if, if you need that support, get that support. Oh, that would just uh, 
reinforce the fact that we're all human, yeah. regardless of rank or background or... Or whether we want to believe it. Right, right. So, so how does your experience with the Air National Guard affect your life today? This has really informed and changed a lot of how I do business in the world. I've learned about uh, leadership and about relationships. Um, the, the Air National Guard, and particularly the 102nd, is my clan. I mean, this is my, um, uh, this group is my people. And, it, you know, it's, it's one of those hard things to explain, but stepping, I hate to say stepping away, but stepping aside from the military part of my life in the 102nd um, does not include stepping away from it, um, that I will be forever connected to this, to this unit, to the people here, to the mission here. And, um, you know, I think that's a significant thing uh, that I would encourage everyone to reflect on is how much we bond to each other. I mean, we take an oath to support and defend the Constitution. Um, but I don't know that we always reflect on uh, the bond that we form um, with the men and women we carry out that oath with and carry on that sure. mission with. So what's next for you? What are you doing now? Well, I'm kind of uh, exploring a lot of different things, but a lot of my focus is in the areas of working with veterans, uh, particularly veterans with PTSD and other, other issues. Um, I've been helping out with um, the folks that have responsibility for veterans programs on Martha's Vineyard. Um, we're working on trying to do some more programming for folks out there. And, um, uh, and kind of seeing where it goes. I'm trying not to rush into anything oh, sure. uh, so sure. that uh, I can see what all the options are and uh, um, try and spend a little more time I, having some fun on those weekends I've regained. <laughs> there you go. That's the number one reason. Mm -hmm. um, so last question. What final bit of advice or maybe a message or um, some kind of, uh, like I said, advice would you have for the airmen of the 102nd Intelligence Wing? I would say that in the midst of of everything that's going on, uh, we talk a lot about being a good wingman and taking care of the folks around you, and that's important. Uh, I would add to that, uh, don't ever forget to uh, keep a check on yourself. Uh, it's very easy to lose sight of yourself, uh, and um, part of keeping track of yourself would be to find one or two people that not only that you trust, but who uh, you trust to push you. Uh, folks who can say, 
Um, when you say to them, I'm fine, who can know when that doesn't necessarily mean that you're fine and will push harder um, to force you to stand down uh, or as much as they can uh, so that you can take the rest that you need, take the introspection that you need uh, to really be fine. Because um, that is really what helped me uh, to take care of myself in a way that I really needed to. And, and uh, uh, some of us, you know, if you're anything like me, you're too stubborn to do that without sure. other people mm -hmm. that will actually get you to the place where you're willing to do that. So that's my, uh, I guess that's my final advice. And the other, the other side of it is um, make time to have fun. Right. Or I should say take the time to have fun because we all only get 24 hours a day, and if we don't set some of it aside for fun, it's never going to happen. Great advice, sir. Thank you. So thank you for uh, spending some time with me today, and I uh, want to say congratulations on your retirement, and uh, it's been a pleasure working next to you for the last 20-plus years. Thank you. It's been, been a blast. Been a blast.